Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. For those of you who listen to the show regularly, you're totally aware that I mostly focus on doing Burr strategies, so uh, buying renovating, renting, and rehabbing and repeating. So we do this strategy over and over again. And what's come across my plate is we've been doing it a couple different ways now. Um, This same strategy works for fix and flip loans. We're mostly talking about financing. Um, It's a little bit different than last week's episode, so don't worry. It's Actually, it's completely different uh, than talking about what we did on last episode. So what we're talking about is sometimes we're closing properties where we're doing it with a fix and flip loan even if we're doing a burr because you get a 12-month term and you refinance before the end of it so sometimes we're doing this um, fix and flip loan and sometimes we're buying them in cash so how much is this cash really costing us uh that's what i really want to get into and what's the positives of using the cash and the negatives of using cash and the positives of using a fix and flip loan and the positives of not using, or the disadvantages of using the fix and flip loan. Let's dive in. Um, I will get to it. I'm not going to do it till the end where I really grasp, rip down on the numbers. I'm going to pop up, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to pop up uh, a HUD statement for a cash deal and a HUD statement for a finance deal. Um, I have a perfect comparison because I bought two fourplexes that li- are literally right next door to each other. So I have two HUDs for properties that are almost the same value. It's pretty much a perfect comparison because they're both almost identical. Uh, there's a little bit of, you know, there's some fine things that are different between the two. But overall, same sort of properties. So it lays out a perfect comparison. But we'll get to that at the end. I'm just going to start by talking about all the the different advantages and disadvantages of the two things. So if you're doing a fix and flip loan, my biggest, one of the biggest anyway, a big problem is doing draws. It's an advantage and a disadvantage, I guess, actually, because what a draw is, maybe we'll start with that. What a draw is, is whenever you're doing a renovation, so you so you usually have to come up with a chunk of money first. So you pay the contractor, say, $10,000, and they go do $10,000 of the work. Then you go and have someone evaluate the work that has been done. Um, a third-party contractor, it usually costs $200. They come and inspect the job, and they say, yeah, uh, you give them a list of what was done, and they say, yes or no, it wasn't done. They pass that to the lender. The lender then says, okay, well, we're going to, based on the original pro forma that you filled out for the renovation, we're going to give you that much money back. The problem is, is sometimes they disallow stuff, <laughs> even though it is done. Um, true stories we just had recently, um, one of our properties, they went through and they said, oh, we're not going to credit you for the, uh, um, the waste removal and stuff because you still have garbage on site. And we're like, no, there's no garbage on site. The wood you see on site is reclaimed wood that we're using in the project. It's not actual garbage. But they didn't care. They wrote it on the sheet. Garbage isn't all fully, isn't fully gone, so they didn't pay us for it. <laughs> Just a tip there. But they'll disallow stuff. It makes stuff a pain. Um, you end up doing extra draws to try and get the money that you thought you should have already got. Because um, you're, you're at their mercy. You can do whatever you want. Um, so that's one of the disadvantages of doing a fix and flip loan, but it is an advantage because you're not putting much money down. 
um, at the same time. So instead of if you're doing cash, you would have given the contractor $10,000 cash to get started, and then they would have done $10,000 work. They sent you some photos, or you have your... Um, Whoever, however you're doing this, sometimes you have a property manager or a project manager overseeing the project, and they'll go over and take a look at it, and they'll be like, yeah, they did what they said they did, they said they were going to do, and yeah, now you can give them more money, and they'll do another thing. So you just keep throwing chunks of money at them until the project's done, and then you refinance. Whereas, so you're going to have to have all that money, whereas if you're doing it with financing, you might just need all the closing costs, which are usually like 10% if you're doing a fix and flip loan. Uh, so you'll need 10% of the um, purchase price and 10% of the construction and at least depends on the lender sometimes it's a little bit different um, but you will need to have like 10% of each and that's your you, you don't need as much money right and usually you have to have your first draw because you need to pay the contractor something to start and then you'll get rebated and rebated and goes through like that um, so you don't need as much money if you're going to be using a fix and flip loan which is very appealing to a lot of people one thing people forget about <clears throat> is the way that uh, a title company does all this stuff. Um, first of all, we'll, we'll get to the HUDs, because that's going to be totally different. But also, the signing. Um, well, we're mostly people who listen to the show are Canadians, so they like the ability to just go to a notary or an, a lawyer in Canada and sign to buy the properties, and then do an overnight shipping and get it closed that way. If you're closing with a lender, it's lender specific. And what I've found is basically a pretty basic general thing is they all want U.S. notary. Um, and a lot of them are going to be so specific that they won't even let you use, like, your CPA. They're going to insist on you using one of their notaries or some notary service so that it's unbiased. Um, so it's going to involve you going to the United States or going to the U.S. consulate which I believe there's only one in Canada now, in Toronto. I don't think there's one in Vancouver anymore, but correct me if I'm wrong. Put it in the show notes if I'm wrong, because I, I have, actually haven't looked it up, but I believe there's only one in Toronto. So, you're, one thing that's, if you're doing uh, cash, sometimes I've done it with DocuSign. You can just sign it in the comfort of your living room at home and send it away, and voila, you bought the property, you didn't even have to go there. Whereas if you're using financing, I usually, because I live in Cambridge, Ontario, I'm driving down to Niagara Falls, New York, or Buffalo, New York. I prefer to go there than the Toronto consulate. Um, but that's personal preference, depending where you live, too. So anyway, that's one advantage of doing a cash deal, too. People always forget. <laughs> the big one, this is probably the biggest problem, is that lenders, at least the ones that I've, not all of them, some of them I work with are really good at keeping their, their timelines and stuff on, and some of them are not at all. So a lot of times it's almost like they try to throw everything together in the last couple days. At least that's the way it feels like to me. And they always like, often, they're like, oh, just push the closing date like two days because we're not ready. And so that's one thing you have to deal with with lenders. Sometimes they're not ready. Sometimes they missed something and they have to go pull your credit the last second. Um anyway we've we've went through all of that sometimes it's caused us to make multiple trips to the united states um like when if you heard the episode where uh, jay and i were sitting on the beach in cuba and poor phil had to go to the united states a couple times to get the property signed because the lenders were not ready 
<laughs> wasn't anything we did. We had all our paperwork to them, but that that did happen. Appraisals. So if you're going to do a loan uh, with the bank, or sorry, with the lender, they're going to need appraisals. So you're going to have to pay for the appraisals. Technically, if you were going to do it yourself, you could get away with not doing appraisals, but it's still really good, depending on how you're buying this property specifically, um, to do an appraisal because it's a great negotiation strategy because if the appraisal comes in low, you can go back to them and go, hey, you, you're saying that this uh, property is only worth, uh, you know, whatever. You're saying you know, the appraiser said it's low, right? You got a low appraisal, so you can go back to the seller and go, hey, it ain't worth what we say it's worth, even if it is, because you got paperwork that says it isn't. And it's not like you're just making up a number like, that, oh, I overpaid. Because this even happens with wholesale deals because um, you're buying a, a, a really crappy house often and you're going to fix it up. So well, they can pull whatever comps they want. They can go find, find the crappiest comps. And it's not you. It's third party, completely unbiased. And they can pull the crappiest comps as comps. And it could make your, pro value, uh, your property value even lower which depending on which which way you're doing it could be an advantage or a disadvantage to have a really high appraisal or a really low appraisal if you're planning if it does the appraisal really doesn't matter because you're buying the property and you're doing it in cash and then you're refinancing it it's just a negotiation tactic anyway let's wrap this up let's get into the hud statements um i'll drop the title bars if you're watching this on youtube so that you have more screen to look at um I haven't figured out if I'm going to be able to fit them beside each other or not. I think I can on the screen. Um, but what I'm going to show you is a cash uh, HUD statement and a financed HUD statement. So you can see the difference. I've, uh, I've highlighted and crossed out some of the names. Like I crossed out the lenders. Uh, I've crossed out some of the names of people who are on, on the HUD statement. Um, but you can see that there is a lot of costs on the HUD statement for a financed contract that are not on the contract for a cash sale. And some of these things, I'll just read them out loud. The loan fee. There's a loan fee on there. Uh, in the case we're showing right here, $1,750. What that is, is points. Whenever you hear the term points when you're buying a property, that's what they're talking about. That's paying that lender or broker or whoever you're using that's their that's what they're getting paid that's going to them um, I'm not sure how exactly it gets split up I think it's likely like a realtor where half goes to the brokerage half goes to them but whatever that's a cost to you so there's one cost there there is so a loan fee a processing fee flood determination fee so you're gonna pay $75 at least I did to for them to determine if you're in a flood zone so just for them to go look some stuff up Seems kind of silly, extra cost. Prepaid interest you're gonna pay. So yeah, they're gonna charge you the some of the interest up front. Um, endorsement, uh, mechanical lien, uh, endorsement, survey, uh, wire. Uh, maybe not, let's not count the wire because that's gonna be probably on either one. So they charge us a wire fee, but that's whatever. That, we'll, we'll ignore the wire fee. That's not really on there. And then a recording fee uh, for the mortgage of $186. So, you start look adding that up, and if you, I didn't really list all the numbers, and I don't know if you're looking at this online, but that worked out to about $3,151 is what the additional cost just to close the loan. We're not even talking about servicing the loan. 
we're talking about closing the loan. So we're at over $3,000 of extra money that you're having to pay for to do the same project. So uh, a finance project has to make $3,000 more than a cash project right from the start, right from the very start, right? So that, let's think about that. Um, also, you're paying carrying costs throughout this loan. Like every month that you have money, and this is another question to ask because they're not all the same. I insist on asking this to the lenders. Sometimes they will charge you, say, we'll just make up some random numbers. Say you bought the property for $50,000 and you're doing a $50,000 renovation. Some companies will, or lenders, will charge you um, based on the $100,000 because that's what, or $90,000 because you put 10,000 down, or you put 10% down, right? They're going to charge you interest on the $90,000 from day one, but they didn't give you $90,000. That's a good thing to check on because that's not always the case. Um, it, in the, the lenders I've used, they don't do that. But actually, one of the lenders I said, I asked them about that and they said they had to check because some of their programs they did and some kind of programs they didn't. So really check. Um, because some of them, they're like, okay, well, you borrowed the closing costs, so $40,000, or I guess $45,000 of the you know $50,000 purchase price you borrowed. So right off the start, we're going to start charging interest on based on $45,000. And then you did a draw, so we gave you some more money. Now we're going to start charging you more interest. Another draw, we're going to start charging you a little bit more. Like, it's going to be, your interest amount every month is going to go up because they're charging you more each time. So... What, how much does this cost? How much is this? How much are you paying for these uh, fix and flip loans? Um, this is hard money, right? So this isn't going to be cheap money. Um, also, so um, my one lender uh, does nine uh, percent for me, and my other lender does ten and a half percent for me. Um, I'm not going to get into that. I'll probably do another episode on that. There's advantages to paying higher amount than lower amount, which seems backwards, but we will do another show on that in the future. Um, but yeah, sort of nine to ten and a half range is where I am for fix and flip loans. But we're not doing this. This isn't like your mortgage. This is like construction money, purchase money. Like this is short period of time money. Um, and anyway, maybe I will touch on this quickly. The ten and a half percent one, you can do your refinance faster than the six month. Whereas the nine percent money, you have to wait to the six month mark. So depending on what kind of project you are doing, <clears throat> it may make sense. We'll cut put that in really quick. But anyway, we'll go, keep going. Um, so, okay, so let's figure this out. So how much money are we actually paying for this loan? So let's, uh, I know that I'm going to use, uh, in the case we're using as the example, we're doing 10.5% money is what the what the, we used on this deal. So, because we wanted to be able to have the ability to have a faster finance, refinance and faster, um, and, and a pre-approved refinance. Uh, which, yes, you can get those. You, so they basically did two appraisals off the start, one for the ARV and one the current value, and basically we locked in our refi amount. Actually, did we do that on this one? No, I don't know. We didn't do that on this one. That's uh, We did that on a different project, but that is an option with the same lender. But we still paid this 10.5% because we were we were trying to do that prob, uh, trying to do that program, but we couldn't get it because of short closing times from uh, putting stuff under contract or whatever. And so anyway, they're going to give us some sort of credit, I think, maybe, if they keep to their word. Probably won't. But anyway, that's what uh, the, that we were doing here. So the one we're talking about is a 10.5% interest rate. So most people look at this and go, okay, well, we're paying 10.5% interest through the, the project, right? 
okay, yeah, 10.5%, that is what you are paying, but we're kind of forgetting to factor in uh, for like fees, the that $3,151 that we paid in closing costs. So in most cases, we're doing a six month refinance on the project. So that $3,151, if you, uh, we're only using it for six months. No, we're not using it for the whole year. We're using it for six months because we're going to go into a new loan at six month mark. So we got to annualize that. So you double that, you're at 6,300 basically, right? So 6.3% because we're talking about $100,000 project, purchase price 50, uh, renovation 50, right? So it makes nice easy numbers for doing math. So we're paying 10.5% per month for the interest rate. We're also paying 6.3% for that money. To that three thousand that setup fee, what we paid at the closing, is working out to six point three percent of the note. So we're actually paying about sixteen point eight percent for a project that's financed versus a cash project. And one thing we struggle with is many times when I'm working with somebody, they're like, "I'd rather do a, a whole bunch of financed projects so that I can do more projects and get more money." The thing is that they're they don't aren't thinking about is we're paying like close to eight seventeen percent um for this note when you factor in all the setup fees to it and you go holy crow if you really think about it if you did actually less projects you probably make same amount of money there's less stress less moving parts um it's something to think about and in all honesty mostly now i am almost exclusively doing cash projects uh because it's so much there's it's so much easier to make your numbers it's so much easier at the end of it to be able to refinance and everything is happy and we split the extra money everything it's so much easier when you're not paying basically 17 percent for the the loan for that six months it, it creates a lot of extra money in your pocket to be able to do a successful project it makes it a lot easier um so in conclusion is there a right way to do this I prefer cash. That's my personal preference, but both ways do work really, really well. So uh, it's, you know what? You do what you got to do. Anyway, I hope this helped. Um, if you have questions, I, I just thought of this like when I was driving on my way here today. What would be awesome is on my website, glensutherland.com, I have like a speak pipe thing up on the, where's my thing? Up over here in the corner. I don't know, wherever it is, uh, of the website. If you go there and you can just click on it, especially if you're on your phone, it's really easy, and it just will send a voicemail to me. So if you go use that, send a question, I will literally use it as an episode or even part of an episode, and I'll answer any question you ask. Um, so send me a question. Let's try and use some of this technology that I've set up on this website. It's been sitting there, and I get the odd message on it, but... In all honesty, like we could use this for so much more. So send me some questions, and then I'll have audio. It's way better than doing some of these episodes I come up with based on people's emails. But I think it would be so much better to have the audio intro or the question, and then we'll just go right into it. Um, anyway, hope that helped everybody. Have a great week. I'll talk to you later. Bye.